I mean, yeah, we're doing it. Go. This is the first one. This is the first one now, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, this is the first episode of uh, me, my family, and Liam Neeson. Uh, this is started. This idea was started a while ago when I don't even remember which movie it was specifically. I think it was the Taken franchise. That's the one that started this, really. And I was thinking about Liam Neeson is in trouble in a lot of his movies, and I've wanted to categorize all of his movies by how much trouble he was in and how well he handled it. Because in the Taken movies, he's in a lot of trouble. And he handles it pretty well. And there's some movies where he doesn't handle it so well. We'll get to those, like Darkman. Uh, Mom, you're not going to like to watch Darkman. That will, you know what? I'll just have to suck it up. We'll, we'll watch a nice one after that, I promise. Uh, and there's some where he's not in that much trouble at all, like uh, Pilgrim's Progress, which we have watched but we haven't talked about yet. That's his first movie, 1978, by the way. Uh, but I put together a list of 70-odd movies, TV shows, and one video game, and the goal is to go through and watch them with... Uh, usually it's going to be my mom and dad, because they're here and they like movies and they like projects. Uh, sometimes we're going to have guest stars, maybe some of my brothers will be here. I've got an idea where uh, some of my uh, friends from across the country are all going to hop online, we're all going to watch on like Netflix by ourselves, and then we're going to talk about it. Maybe that'll happen. Uh, but for now, uh, my name's Dan. I'm Carrie, I'm Mom. And I'm Patrick. And we are here to talk today about Love Actually. Uh, Love Actually came out in 2003. Uh, it's romantic comedy. Uh, concerns 10 love stories that are all kind of mixing together. It's a very odd concept. I uh, got a lot of big name actors and actresses in it. This kind of movie, if I remember right, was fairly popular in that time. Oh, uh, romantic comedies are always yeah, but, popular. Yeah, but the ensemble cast of just shoving as many Hollywood stars into a movie as possible. Oh no, what about those old people shoot em up movies that they're doing The now? Expendables? Yeah. They're not all old people. Ronda <laughs> Rousey was in one of them, Mom. <laughs> well, right. okay, whatever. All right, and then we're now live on the microphone, IMDb being multiple things here. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to you on that. Uh, I think I'll take finding the uh, Academy Awards for 2003. Oh, but wait a minute. Lord of the Rings Return of the King was 2003. Oh, jeez. Okay, they're going to lose that Pirates of the one. Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Bruce Almighty, Black Kill Bill was, 1. Was Kira Knightley in two good movies? Well, one no. good movie and okay. Love Actually this year? <laughs> I have to hold off on my comments about Kira Knightley. Okay. When, uh, yeah. <gasps> Finding Nemo. I was just in the ocean last week with the anemone fish. Aww. Watching them go in and out. Oh, Finding Nemo came out okay. in 2003. So, I quick rundown of... Uh, let's see, do you have this movie or do you have... What? We should look up who is all in this movie that people should give a crap about. Oh, I was just uh, looking at what movies so, came out in 2003. Well, we've, well, we can talk about how we didn't know who Hugh Grant was for a while. No, I knew who he was. I just couldn't remember his name. All right, so Hugh Grant is in the... There's so many people in this movie. Because uh, Hugh Grant's in it. Alan Rickman's in it. Uh, Colin Firth is in it. Rowan Atkinson plays a hilarious part. Side note, Johnny English came out in 2003. Ah, Another good movie. Mm-hmm. Italian job. Oh, okay. I this, digress. This was all. This was a lot of. There were a lot of things going on mm-hmm. here. I. Um, Emma Thompson. All right. Another big name actress. I'm gonna, just doing a quick flip through to see if this and actually did. Billy Bob Thornton. Little. Uh, oh yeah. Billy Bob Thornton was the president of the U.S. and he played him like Bill Clinton too. This movie came out in 2003, so that was actually kind of topical. <laughs> uh, looking like this movie did not win anything, it was going up against 
Lord of the Rings on visual effects. It was going up against Chicago for music. And wait a minute, Elf came out. In I... So it was going up against that... Eminem that... had the song. I Best... I The Pianist also came out this year, which was a big hit. I Spirited Away, Miyazaki, I came out this year. It was Best Animated Film. So there was a lot going on for this to compete with, and... It, it. I don't think it, there was any chance of it competing. No, I mean, I think this is a lighthearted, fun... Mostly you can take your family to the movie, except for that thing that Martin Freeman All right, uh, we're going to start off this podcast and say that we're going to maybe talk about some things that are not appropriate for kids sometimes. And <laughs> next time we'll try and put it at the beginning or maybe in the description somewhere. But I, I'm going to call it best relationship. Most wholesome, nothing is wrong with it relationship. Is Martin Freeman and Joanna Page? Joanna Page, thank you. You got the? You got, are you cheating right now? You got the IMDb up? No, I just knew that. Oh, excellent! Oh, uh, <laughs> who are lighting test subjects for pornography? They their job is to stand where the actors are going to stand, and so they can do light. Checks. So they can do light checks, and as someone that does photography, this is very important to put someone in there. So you can do light tests, make sure that when you put the real subject in there, it looks good. And their job is to become naked and put themselves into the sex positions, as it were, and just be there. And they're tra- talking about traffic and what's going on in their day. And it is delightful and wholesome. And, and really not wholesome visual. Yeah, the, the juxtaposition is really good. And it really does make their story, short as it is, I think it's the best one. But we're not here to talk about hilarious non-sex sex scenes. We're here to talk about <laughs> Liam Neeson. That's, true. That's uh, true. Where does Liam Neeson come into the movie first? He, We first see him at about five minutes in. He's in an office. Perhaps it's a home office. We're not quite sure at that point. He seems to be working, and he's on the phone. He goes, he, he goes to call someone, and he looks not... He, he's not 100% right now. I My first notes were that he's either exasperated or bored. And it quickly, distressed. It quickly, de, it quickly became clear that he was distressed instead. Uh, he's calling a woman, Karen, who at the time we don't know their relationship, but they do... I think do, we still don't know at the end. He, I, it, if I had to say, yes, I'd just say good friends. They were good friends. Their kids yeah. go to school together. Kids go to school together. That's probably how he knows her. But uh, he comes up in their conversation, very brief conversation, that his wife had died, which... You know, immediately it's like, okay, this Karen is not his wife, mm-hmm. uh, and he's and not his lover, and not his not his lover, uh, which is going to come up later for all the intertwining love mm-hmm. stories because lovers are everywhere in this thing, and that's basically the first we see of him, right? But I think at that point, you know, when we're talking about the peril meter, yeah, you know, if it's somebody that is in the kind of the first stages of grief, yeah, then as um, as humans, we do we do. Uh, we want to feel for him. We we care about his character. Yeah. And we feel sorry for him. We have that sympathetic response. So I think that, you know, then, of course, after that, his brief phone call with her, and she really doesn't have time to chat with him, then we're on to somebody else's story. Exactly. And they, they've got to run through all the stories. They're supposed to be doing 10 in a two-hour movie, so everybody gets 12 or so minutes of screen time. Right. Uh, we're jumping around to Hugh Grant, who's playing the Prime Minister, which is very funny because his name is David. They never say what his last name is, and his IMDb credit is Prime Minister. Yes, so we true. don't ever, we never, they don't really talk last names in this at all. It's all first names. No, there's a guy who's headed off to Wisconsin to find all of the hot women of Wisconsin. 
Which I, we know is so true. Yeah, it's amazing. They're everywhere. Uh, because we're from Minnesota. We are so from we Minnesota. We know yeah, a sure. lot about what's going on in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a boss who tells a an employee to go propose to another co-worker at the same time he is having an affair with his secretary. Well, he's not having an affair yet, but it's, his it's, but the secretary it's a is blo- it's a blossoming on. affair. It's she's coming on to him yeah. in a very strong way. Yeah. And, and he is not yeah. discouraging it. Yeah. And later we will find that he's married to the Karen that's talking to uh Mason's character what Daniel. was his name? Again? Daniel. Thank you. Uh so all of these other stories are happening around, and I still haven't talked about all of them because there's the guy who goes to Portugal and right. all sorts of stuff. But the next time we have uh, Daniel's uh, character come back is at his wife's funeral, where, you know, if if we weren't thinking he was distraught before, this is definitely where it's at. Uh, I mean, I, it, it... Right, they they play this, this song for the re- video tribute. Bye they bye play baby. Bye Bye Baby. It's really upbeat. Mm-hmm. And, and again, really doesn't match what's going on on the screen. It's there's there's a fair amount of that that happens in this movie. Uh, you know, we talked about the Martin Freeman stuff where it doesn't match. Mm-hmm. This doesn't match, and it really makes it plays with your emotions in ways that I think they need to do if they're going to make it happen fast enough. But I think that that's that kind of opposites mm-hmm. that that uh, push and pull, that give and take, that that incongruity makes it. It pulls at us and at our emotions quickly and forces us into liking or not liking characters, feeling comfortable or uncomfortable yeah. in situations. And we've seen his character for all of a minute and a half, and we're already sympathetic for him, mm-hmm. which is done really well. well. I think the music is significant because it's the wife, the dead wife's choice of music. Yeah. So you get to be introduced to the dead wife character. Yeah, Even through her through, through, through the music, music choice. choice. And yeah. did you notice then, of course, the music played into the next scene yeah, that was being it, played at the wedding. Yeah, which is for the overall continuity of the entire movie very important that they're blending the scenes like that. Right. Uh, right. next spot is him coming home to his house with Karen also there. I they were coming home from the funeral, right? You're meaning the Liam Neeson character Daniel. Daniel. With the Emma Thompson character Karen. Yeah. And yeah, because they're talking about his stepson Sam. Yeah. Who, who is I don't I don't remember if they had mentioned Sam before, but this is the first time they mentioned it was a stepson. And that's another okay, how are you gonna talk to someone who's not actually your son mm-hmm. about your mother dying and he this kid is hiding in his room, he comes out crying, he is not talking anymore, and at this point we're thinking, okay, this is pretty, you know... Pretty I, normal... Yeah, it feels weird to say standard stuff, standard stuff, but your mom died, you're having a hard time going through it, this guy's not really your dad, so we're all geared up for, it's time to all right, listen to him talk about loving someone who isn't here anymore. Right. And the kid comes down, and they're talking, and the kid goes, what? No, I'm in love. And Liam Neeson says, this is bad news. Yeah, because all of a sudden... His motivations change. He's not looking to comfort his son anymore. Now he's going, okay, well, my love's gone. You know, she was the only one for me. And if this is the only one for you, let's go get her. Right. And what follows is, you dealt with this. You dealt with people learning how to play drums in the house. (laughs) I so sympathized with the character Daniel at this point. Because the, the, the young boy decides that he's going to make this young girl fall in love with him by being a really great musician and he chooses drums and 
you know, we had a couple of drummers and let's just say a guitarist and a clarinetist in the house. Yeah. There was a lot of noise going on with uh, prepubescent and pubescent males. Yeah. So I, I mean, understand that. You, uh, if, if I'm going to be honest, you don't need instruments to make noise with prepubescent and pubescent males. We can do it ourselves just fine. Thank you. Right. But if you're trying to impress girls, then sometimes boys do practice. You, you yeah. Know, you would need a you would need to practice quite a lot. Uh, something that we discussed maybe talking about is uh, best line of the film from Liam Neeson, and there's just some amazing winners going on through here. <laughs> uh, oh, you mean I wrote down, uh, you know, when he's talking to this young guy about you know sort of unrequited love. He says, "We need Kate, we need Leo, we need them now." And, and then it cuts smash cuts to you. Titanic, (laughs) (laughs) where the two of them are bonding over enjoying the movie Titanic, and I can't say that I've ever watched the movie Titanic with another person. (laughs) I can, and I was never really that impressed with it, so there we go. Yeah, okay. Uh, Meatloaf got, even Meatloaf got laid once, I think he says, yeah. He says this, Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's very flippant with sexual discussions with his son, which I Mm -hmm. guess... I mean, progressive? I don't know. Well, at it's, one, very, it's silly. It's... At one point in time, the Daniel character says about, uh, regarding uh, Claudia Schiffer, who was you know, a very well-known model at that time, that if Claudia Schiffer showed up at the house, he was saying to this young stepson, Sam, that he would want to have sex in every room of the house, including Sam's room. Well, this, kid, this kid's, really... what, 10, 11? I mean, um, I would never have said that to you no, when you, you were growing up. I you, wouldn't you, even say that to you now. That's what I say. You would not say that now. I would maybe wait for you just not to be home. Yeah, you probably just do it and not tell me. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> oh, I can't even read my writing here in my notes. Yeah. Oh, one time when he was trying to, the Liam Neeson character was trying to encourage uh, Sam to come out for dinner, and, or to come out mm-hmm. of his room because he's practicing and he's pining away after this unrequited love. He tried to entice him out by telling him that he had made chicken kebabs. Yeah. And I'm not sure that that's a really great quote from the movie. No, but it was good dad stuff. I <laughs> Good dad stuff. Good dad stuff. <laughs> as, as Sam's kind of transitions into not sure if he's going to pull this off, Daniel also starts to get a little... Uh, unkempt, not shaved as much. True. And there's uh, Colin Firth's character is a starving writer who gets uh, who uh, his girlfriend cheats on him with his brother and then he goes to write on a manual typewriter in a small cottage in Portugal and he looks better shaved than Liam Neeson's character did. Well, that's because I think he has the promise of love on his doorstep with this housekeeper yeah. with whom he cannot communicate because they don't speak the same language. Yeah, and then they do speak, start speaking the same language and they get together and it's awesome. But that's way that, at the that's end. That's way Sorry, at the end. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah. But, we did that. Spoiler alert. Yeah. And so, let's see. We got through the learning how to play the drums because the girl that he likes is from America is singing at the Christmas pageant. Did we mention this was a Christmas movie? I don't think we did. Okay, we're dumb. Okay, this is a Christmas movie. I'm glad we got that taken care of. Anyways. You're supposed to help us with that. Yeah, you're in charge of remembering the important stuff. Sorry. Okay. Uh, Stuff happens. So, uh, she is singing in the Christmas movie, and she's going back to live... She's going back home to America immediately after the Christmas thing. Well, that's just because we need a plot device. We needed a plot device, but it does mean that if he doesn't get the girl 
at the Christmas thing, then he's never going to get her. Right. So they've got to get ready. So kid gets ready and his practicing he never drums. never in practice did he sound like he knew what he was doing no he sounded like i wanted to say a bad word he did not sound accomplished he did not he's it's it's he sounded like you know when a three-year-old learns that hitting things with a stick is cool yeah with the pots and pans yeah that's bad we're gonna make sure that this is the TV doesn't turn on. TV doesn't turn on. I'm gonna hit this mute button, and that is gonna work. That's gonna get it taken care of. Okay, technology. Uh, so we get to the Christmas thing because that's basically the next part of Daniel's storyline. Uh, there's a hilarious bit with lobsters in a nativity scene that's relevant to other people, which is hilarious and adorable. Uh, King Spider-Man might be my best character in that nativity scene. Well, you, you have to remember, this is supposedly a an elementary or perhaps it's a middle a, it's school. It's a combination of schools. because All that... kinds of schools, and they're doing one nativity play together, so they've, they've made up parts for, for children. Every, for all these children. So everybody gets a part, one yeah. of those kinds of politically correct things. Yeah. So there's a, a lobster, there's an octopus. Well, there were multiple lobsters, there was she was a, the best lobster. There was a whale, there were, I mean, multiple animals that are yeah. not in the biblical story. And then one of the wise men, wearing you know something akin to a Burger King crown, but had mm. face paint of Spider-Man. Yeah, so, you know, so best, very, best very character cute. right there. And then they start in with this singing number, and I have a difficulty believing that this girl is singing this song or ten because oh, she, she is been Hannah Montana really good. Well, except she wasn't Hannah Montana. She wasn't Hannah Montana, but you know, really good. And they got huge backup singers oh, it was and all a full the big. Ba- all the, the teachers were singing along, and they she had like a full band that looked also not ten. I think this was like they brought in the high school band, <laughs> and then here's Sam on drums. Being very competent. He's not doing mm-hmm. anything fancy. There was a little, there was, he had a little drum fill once or twice. But then the camera would not be on him. Uh, yeah. So he's doing well. I uh, get everything done and she gives, she's saying all I want for Christmas is you, which is a really good way to get a one love interest to indicate to another that they love them because you just get to sing all I want for Christmas is you at them. I think that was putting together all kinds of these little love stories. Because all of these different characters, these pairs of characters, happen to show up at this same Christmas There were, what, pageant. five or six total pairs? They're not all of them were there. Uh, the Many full, of them The full were coming there. together was at uh, the very end. But right. uh, So she goes, and she gets near the end of the song, and she points at him, and you can see his face just light up. And then she turns around, and she starts pointing randomly at the audience because she's performing. Well, and he, the Sam character, then looked at the Daniel character yeah. and said, "You know, with their eye contact, we, you know, we saw that there was some success happening." Yeah. And then when she started pointing at everyone else, you, the success dropped from his face. Mm-hmm. We get out to the end. Daniel's over the moon about how well this went. And Sam says, "No, it, it didn't work," mm-hmm. and she's leaving. And he says, "Well, let's go get her. Like they're ah. gonna go go to the car." And what 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 were they saying? Like you know, just. Oh, no, wait. This is another cause, good... Because cause it was, uh, just just go to her, you know, just do it. And and the Liam Neeson character said, I mean, they're they're heading out to yeah. this international airport, and he says, I know a shortcut. Yeah. 
Right. And we never see the short guide. No. We just cut yeah. away and we're at the airport. Yeah. But, but you got interested, you got in, introduced to a, a new love story scenario. Just right at the end. Right well, that was also some really good parallel construction. At the which, school. This, which this movie does a really good job of with their parallel construction. Because he's telling uh, Sam, you know, just go for it. You never... You know, you know, I never yeah. said I love you to your mother enough. Mm-hmm. You just got to, you know, when the time is right, you got to go for it. And the kid runs off to do something. We never, you know, what. And Daniel literally bumps into this lady. Another mom at another the Another mom at the school. And she very much seems like she did it on purpose and she wants to hang out with him. And he's so surprised. He's so surprised. And he calls her Karen. Because that's not her name. Because that's not her name, but that's the name of the friend. friend. So maybe there's that, you know, in the back of his head. But it's very silly. And she's got her son with him. And then Sam comes back. And they look at each other like... The two sons The two sons look at each other like, hey. There's something going on here. (laughs) And as Sam and Daniel are walking off, Sam says, just do it. You never know. You just gotta do it. And it's it's that parallel construction that this movie does really well. So they end up at the airport, and... Everyone's uh, at the airport. Well, no, no, that, no, that, that was part. when they were coming back. This is the leaving the airport, and this I'm is sure. just this is just them. And uh, if you will begrudge me a little bit, I don't remember 2003 that well, but 2003, I think, in England did not have quite the security it did in America. Because American security in 2003 would have been ridiculous. But it's at least a year and a half post 9-11. Yeah, it would have been crazy, and England did not experienced that i think i don't think it was quite the national requirement that it was here in 2003 we would have to look it up and i'm not going to we'd probably have to i do remember uh when i was uh when i went to england it was a week after train bombings and security was Mm -hmm. much much higher at that time still not to the point it was in america but the kid is able to leapfrog a security guard outrun four Whatever passes for TSA agents in Britain. Well, they're probably more like air, just regular air, airport, airport police. Se- airport police run all the way unimpeded to the gate where this girl is. Does a bit of what? What? What movie is it? I'm gonna need to look this up now. Where the guy's up at the top of the chapel and he's pounding on the glass where while she's getting married, and then I think he crashes through the glass. I remember this. It's oh, you a, mean the graduate? Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's really that's before your time. Honey. It was before my time. Uh, but there's a bit of that where he's on one side of the glass and she can't hear him, and he does more leapfrogging of stuff, and finally gets to her and says hi, and then the security guys show up, and he gets pulled back, and Daniel has somehow followed the security people through mm-hmm. the security whatever, and the kid's there. It's like all right, I got. He holds up one finger. I'm not entirely sure what he's indicating. I think that's just their. That's just their indication to one another. Yeah. Like it's a, it's is this, but it's a shorthand for yeah. high five. Yeah, but then the girl comes up behind him, and Daniel kind of nods at him, like you should probably turn around. And he turns around, and she's there, and she remembers his name and kisses him on the cheek, and the kid is just Twitter faded, so over the moon. It's the second most adorable love story in this movie after Martin Freeman's. There we go. And it ends with her coming back to visit in the airport. Uh, when all all of the couples come back together at the end, everyone's at the coming airport. home from Christmas yeah. break. Because uh, again, with the parallel construction, because the beginning of the movie was not particularly, or, there wasn't a whole lot there. But the very beginning of the movie was uh, people getting together at Heathrow Airport or Gatwick. 
I we don't know which Gatwig Gatwig was when he was going to uh, Portugal. He they talked they 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 mentioned Heathrow at the beginning, and that airport definitely looked fancy, and I and so I believe it to be Heathrow because that's the main one. Uh, the internet that's the one where you have the international flights. That's where I went into. I, uh, but they started the movie with people getting together Heathrow, and they ended at this. No, nope. that turned out to be Alan Rickman's character. Well, and then the Martin Freeman uh, character, his yeah. he and his lady friend found each other. Then the guy from who had gone off to Wisconsin came back with two hot chicks. He came <laughs> back with one girl for him and a girl for his his buddy who had. <laughs> been very much a discouraging of this whole going up I'll, I'll be honest I probably would have been discouraging because this guy did not look like he could land someone who was like a six out of ten yeah. he got a couple of eights easy yeah. easy easy then there was um yeah the Colin Firth character and the the uh, young lady who only spoke Portuguese I mean they were together by the because end. he learned Portuguese and she learned English and both of them are not great at speaking those languages but now they were right they independently learned to communicate with each and other and the the Kira Knightley and uh, her husband and then his best friend Mark I mean that all seemed to be somewhat resolved by the end it, it, it was it kind awkward of, it was it was, ve- it was very awkward because it was a strange love triangle and then the uh, Emma Thompson and Alan, Alan Rickman. Rickman that uh, did not look. That did not that look. That was the only one that didn't seem to be fully resolved in perhaps what would be considered a happy, you know, everyone goes home happy yeah, scenario. Yeah, and everyone else was going home happy, and so it was very strange that mm-hmm. there was still one relationship where, and like they put on the face for the kids, right? But that's usually you usually talk about people putting on a face for the kids when you're getting a divorce. Well, and we d- and this leaves we don't us know, hanging because we don't know. They, the, because the movie ended, mm-hmm. and I didn't actually look up if there was a love actually too, and if there is, I don't think Liam Neeson's in it. And so we won't, we are, we're not going to look it up. We're not going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the best li- Liam Neeson lines in the movie is, you know, uh, he was talking to his stepson Sam, Sam, and asking if there was something worse than the total agony of being in love. Yeah, it's. And that it was so odd to hear a ten year old talk about that, mm-hmm. but I, what did or I write? Or, the, or Sam said that. Not yeah, Sam. I think at that point I wrote down "kid for angst king 2018." <laughs> I because I'm in, oh. I'm in charge of being silly. Because then Liam Neeson, then his response was basically "you're fucked." Yeah. So he Effenheimer. Yeah. yeah. No, there's a, there's a fair amount. Well, I mean, there was naked people in this. This is definitely not a kids movie, right? I mean, it's also true. a romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. Kids don't want to watch these. Just mm-hmm. make them R. It's right. fine. So then we we have to get back to the whole reason why you want to do this podcast, which is, which the, is the, the peril scale. The Neam Leeson. Did you say that? Did I just say Neam Leeson? I yes, did. You did. You did. All right, we're gonna. Who's had the glass of wine? Yeah, uh, it was you. <laughs> uh, we're gonna edit that in post. By which I mean, I'm not gonna edit that in post, and it's gonna live on the internet forever. Uh, the Liam Neeson peril meter. I uh, zero indicating that not only is he never in peril, he never acts like it, and he's everything is fine constantly. A ten is the movie is about him, and everything is bad. And he's in so much. And he is trouble. in so much trouble, and he handles it poorly or violently. It's just gonna. It's, it's too just much. gonna be awful. Now, Mom I, says it's too much. We have watched Pilgrim's Progress, and we're not going to talk about it now. We're going to talk about it later. But that movie received a one. Because there was a bit of a problem, 
and he handled it okay, but for the rest of it, he was pretty calm. Now, in this movie, I've written down four major things that happened because his wife died. That was a pretty major thing. His kid needs love, and he needs to solve this problem. His kid is learning drums, and that's a problem for him. Ouch. (laughs) And he has to get the kid to the airport. Those are his four major problems that he encounters. Mm -hmm. And they're not particularly life-threatening or major... Unless traffic is bad on on the M. Yeah, unless traffic is bad. But in the scope of this movie, they are fairly major problems. The only problems that are really bigger than this one are when people are cheating on each other. And so in the scope of this film, it's actually a fairly major problem. And I think he handled it decently well. The the, the learning of the drums he didn't because no one handles a kid learning drums very well. That just doesn't happen. Well, and he also had, you know, in this movie, because there's so many uh, different plots going on at the same time, there's not that much screen time for him. Yeah, so we have to see his emotions kind of magnified. It's or a bit see, of hyperbole going on. Or we see them through our own eyes. Exactly. So, this, it's... So, I think it's pretty low on the scale. It's pretty low. It's below a five. Uh, definitely below a five. But... What I, do you think, Patrick? I think I think from a peril perspective, it's definitely below a five. Yeah. It's, but we gotta it's pick a, a number. Two. It's a two. I was gonna go three. Because... Well, then I'm saying 2.5. Because the only... The Wait, only... can we have decimals in our index? I need to write yeah. this down. The only... But this is our I first mean, one. We can do whatever he, we he, want. This is true. He worked through life stresses, but he was not in peril. I mean, probably the greatest peril was at the end where he decided to, well, you know, spoiler alert, potentially build a new relationship with someone. Yeah, and he does... And, and, and that's a very risky and, thing and, to do emotionally. And the two of them... Physically, The two of them not, are together at the airport when they're meeting the girl. Yes. True. So, it looks like something did happen there, but, I mean, if we gotta go aggregate, I guess 2.5. I guess, I guess you know, episode one, we've decided we can have decimals here. Look, look forward to a later one where we give it a 3.27, just so it can be slightly higher than a 3.25. I'm not doing that math. No, oh, I'll do that math. That's fine. I'm, I'm in charge of the spreadsheet anyways. All right. Anything else we want to talk about? I say thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. That's definitely it. Uh, we will come up with some kind of sign-on and sign-off because everyone who has a podcast has one of those. But in the meantime, which one are we going to talk about? Do we want to do Pilgrim's Progress next and just get that one over with? It'll be a surprise. Okay, it'll be a surprise. But I'm really leaning towards getting... Uh, check that one off our list. And we're yeah. going to check this one off our list. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to... Getting mom to watch Taken at some point. <gasps> oh, yeah. no. Uh, well, we, I watched your girly movie with love in it. You can watch my... Bo- well, okay, there's going to be like 30 movies with shooting in it. Okay, fine. <laughs> we'll get... We'll, There'll we'll, be more wine if okay. I have to watch Taken. That's all I have to say. You do know there's okay. three of them, right? Oh, damn. All right, bye. All right, bye, internet. <laughs>